Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are in episode six. I think this is six. Episode yeah. six of Off the Edge podcast. Uh, we are now in Quarantineville, um, and uh, so we're we're embracing technology. We're on Skype with our uh, good pal Craig McGee. If you're not I familiar don't. with this this motherfucker, <laughs> oh, so I can curse on here. Fuck yeah, can curse. Yes, absolutely. He. Uh, <laughs> Hey, uh, are you originally from Caney, or are you just grew, your formative years were in Caney? Yeah. My my mom was originally from Caney, okay. uh, but she through her travels when in her twenties she went up to Chicago, then out to L.A. That's where she met my dad. He was a lot older than her. He was a musician, and you know, starry eyes and whatnot. They hit it off, and then you know, before I before they know, I came along. Then unfortunately, he uh, died when I was about four. Uh, and he said, you're, you're not going to raise a kid out here. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but they decided on, they decided on Caney where mom was from and uh, that's where I grew up, which right. is a good thing because without Caney, there'd be no Cherryville. I wouldn't have met you. So, well, I think Cherryville yeah. would have still been there, but well, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> I had something to do about it in high school, but <laughs> right. <laughs> so I guess let's list off list off your your accolades here. You're you're an IMDb registered screenwriter. I had forgotten all about that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a while since I've had a credit on there. Yeah. Uh, currently doing stand up comedian comedy. You do stand up comedy. <laughs> yeah. This is why we drink before the show. Magic happens. Oh, right. <laughs> um, I should have stronger than Dr. Pepper. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you just put some stuff in it. And uh, are you still doing the, the horror reviews? Um, the reviews, uh, not so much. I, I see. I, I That was one of those things where I went out on top. It wasn't intentional, but it happened. I, I was contacted by um, an agent or a PR rep who read one of my reviews and loved it and asked if he could use some quotes on the DVD cover. And of course I'm like, Fuck yeah, <laughs> and, uh, they wound up using two. Uh, they put two quotes together into one sentence. Uh, and I didn't get my name on it. The website that I wrote for uh, is on there for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, uh, part of, or a quote from my review of Sharktopus uh, made it to the DVD cover. <laughs> well, and you know, I was drunk when I wrote it, and I, but I still stand by that review. I still stand by that movie. All right, everyone, look it up if you yeah. haven't seen it. Sharktopus, <laughs> Sharktopus with the uh, you know a shark squid hybrid, and the one and only Eric Roberts. Oh, that's cinematic gold right there. That's cinematic gold. Well, it was a sci-fi Saturday premiere. Trifecta. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> And I haven't really, re I did a few reviews for different other sites, but that was at the time my actual job. Um, but I just wound up not having the time and I kind of let it go. So that was my last official review and my last one. It, you know, I, if I had to say anything, I'd say I went out on the middle just because yeah. you know it, it wasn't it chapter two or anything. It was Shark to Push, but still a great movie in its own right. And I was happy with that. They even well, sent me a DVD. I didn't even have to buy one. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. You uh, 
you you saved you saved ninety minutes of my life by reviewing Cell. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, uh, un- I, un- that. I I took that billet so you didn't have to. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I had to watch it when it came on streaming. Yeah, because it wasn't it wasn't my favorite King book either. No, uh, my dad loves that book. Um, the book was uh, so much better than the movie. Well, it always is. Yeah, almost always. Ninety-nine point nine nine percent. Now, an argument could, could be made for The Shining. Yeah, I was, I was going to say uh, when you came down to record our stand-up, uh, we got to talking about Doctor Sleep. Yes, which I feel is a far superior movie to Kubrick's Shining. I love the book. I did a book report on The Shining in the fourth grade. If that tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fourth grade's a little and, young, right? No, no. <laughs> nah, nah. I was I was checking out Stephen King books at the library as far as about far back as I can remember. I was only a block from it. That's all I had to do. Bad or get beat up. So, you know, I preferred to stay inside and read. But yeah, I still haven't read Doctor Sleep, but the movie was brilliant, I thought. And any connections that it made with Kubrick Shining, it actually made me appreciate where they went with it. Yes. Uh, I will say that uh, I I felt the the film was just as good as the book. Um, Obviously, there there were character arcs and actual characters that were were cut. Um, But one thing I will give the movie over the book, and and maybe it's maybe it's because, you know, Stephen King's getting up up in the years, but. The movie goes out a lot darker than the book did. Oh, there's there's a lot more sunshine and rainbows in that book than there were in the movie. See, I didn't expect that. I I figured it'd be the opposite. Yeah, no, <laughs> not at oh, all. That, that's beautiful. Yeah. So they really wanted to wrap that story up, I guess, when yeah. I wrote it. Yeah. But the the way the movie ends, it, they can make more, as far as I'm concerned. They could, and I mean, they could in 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 the book as well. In a in a forced yeah. ghost kind of way. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love that movie. But Mike Flanagan, the the director, he's just like at at the top of his game, and he's at the top of my list right now. Is he's been on a hell of a role lately. Yeah. Um, what else? Is it House he... on the Hill. Oh, Not all right. House on the Hill, Haunted Hill. Hill House. What the hell was that? The Netflix Haunting show. Hill House? Haunting of Hill House. Oh, that was Haunting amazing. Hill House. Uh, Gerald. Yeah. Lee, another Stephen King a- adaptation. Yeah. Uh, which, given given the source material, he did a a good job. He did. Oh, he did Gerald's game. Yes. Okay. Um, no wonder he, I liked it. I didn't like the book. It was boring to me. But he did. Uh, the he did movie was good. The one about the mirror. Which one? Oculus. Oh, my wife keeps ragging on me to watch that. I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, Matt's giving us all homework. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Uh, <laughs> another good movie of his is Hush. It's been on on Netflix for forever. It's about a home invasion, but the the woman that lives in the home is deaf. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so he's got a longer list than I thought. Yeah, he, unlike myself, he's got to, he's got a couple of earlier movies that I, I want to dig up and, and check out, but just haven't got to it. But. Uh, okay. Well, you know, 
now that I think before I forget, speaking of my IMDb page, uh, which needs some drastic updating, I leave that to Zombie Dave. Um, but he's the one that I collaborate with on screenplays. But going back a few years, uh, we need to have a song, uh, you know, a soundtrack credit up there or something because somebody wrote a guitar riff that just happens to be in there uh, during one of the pivotal scenes. Also oh, happens to be my favorite Red song. <laughs> yeah. Kicking it down, I believe. Yeah, that's what it's called yeah, now. Yeah, right on. At, at yeah, the time, what it was called then. At, at the time, it was uh, so. Loose news, I think, is what I got when the file was sent to. Yeah, it was uh-huh. called Nude and Lewd. Nude and Lewd, yeah. But the reason it was it was in E W D because it was in drop D tuning, so it was a new D, but it kind of had this lewd riff in the middle of it, so it was nude and lewd. Ah, you see, I like that. Well, it's, it's in the pivotal sex scene of this short. I was like, yeah, boom. Yeah, that was it just nailed it perfectly. <laughs> nailed it while there's someone nailed. While there's, yeah. while there's someone getting nailed and. <laughs> now, what's, yeah, what's the short for everyone so they can look it up? What's what? What What's the short for everyone listening and watching? Uh, the Cleaner from 2007. Um, I don't know which is easier trying to find that one because everybody always got it confused with the Samuel L. Jackson movie and <laughs> has nothing to do with that. But um, actually, I, I guess if you go to Craig McGee, uh, on IMDb, there's not a whole lot of us out there, thank goodness. So uh, <laughs> it should go right to it. And if it I, be- be I believe great. Michelle, I think Michelle put it up there on IMDb uh, so that you can just click a link and watch the whole 22 minute short. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I was trying to find it today, and maybe I was having a problem because I was on my phone. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's been up for for a few years now. Nice. That's how I finally saw it. I was like, "Oh, there's my song." <laughs> <laughs> this asshole—that's all he cares about—is hearing his song. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was during the booty scene. But, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There they go. One of the best scenes in there. And then uh, back when Kenny Waring, when he was uh, running Mud Puddle Dive. Their yep. song six is on our closing credits. Yep. Oh, awesome. Another local band must give props to, I guess. Well, you take the day now, but and you have always been edge over edge that I know of. <laughs> I've done two two other other things on the side, but yeah, I, uh, it always comes back. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, God, all the too- t-shirts that I have say you've been with the one band, so... <laughs> big shout out to take the day though i do love those guys loved mud puddle dive back in the day uh for real and shout yeah. out the, the cleaner 2007 greg mcgee <laughs> check it out everybody thank we'll, you very very much we'll uh we'll dig yeah, up yeah. Uh, we'll dig up the link and and share it so yeah make sure oh. well thank you yeah the other two that i have credit for on there are well i think there's two Maybe there's just one. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been on there. But uh, they're both written. We just haven't found the financing yet. Mm-hmm. So if you know anyone with a couple million that wants to see a really kick-ass feature, yeah, well, take, hey. you can, yeah, you can take your pick. One one is uh, basically like Tremors with Demons, 
The other is kind of a female version of the crow with a bit of a love story to it and some Greek mythology thrown in for good measure. And I think they're both excellent scripts. I, if it weren't for actually Dave Rita, Rita, I would not, I personally don't think I would write that good by myself. He knows how to close doors and push me to be better, I guess. And so, you know, he's, he's the, he's a director and also a writer now. He has more award-winning horror shorts than I do, the bastard. But <laughs> I'm very proud of him, very happy for him. Hopefully, someday we'll get to make our babies. Right? So so which one is, is Shadow, then? Shadow is uh, the female yeah. Uh, type. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of crowish, kind of not. Cool. It's, uh, I'm very proud of that script. That was the second thing that we wrote together. And kind of funny we both had trilogies planned out for unholy ground is the other one um the one that i started and then he came he called me and he's like give me some ideas we need to do something and so i pitched a bunch of things to him he's like that sucks that sucks and that's one thing i love about him there's no ego with us kind of like rick and i with the comedy there's there's no ego you know if something sucks well i'm glad i heard it before i started wasting my time on it and then i pitched him something well, it's kind of Big Trouble in Little China, but kind of Tremors-ish, but with demons. Son of a bitch. Based on, right? based on a local, you know, haunted church over one of the gates, Seven Gates of Hell, supposedly. And he's like, okay, I kind of like that one. That's got potential. Let's do it. And so a few months later, we had the final draft of it done. That's actually the only thing I've ever registered with WGA, the Writers Guild. Yeah. And apparently it expired a few years ago, but I still have the certificate. I'm proud of it. Yeah. And I I don't mean to be all over the place, but I got to address the I see my ref, my reflection now. <laughs> yes, these are clothes hanging behind me. I am in my closet slash office, which is basically just a little uh, 10 by 10 room in the basement. That's where all the uh, magic happens <laughs> when when it comes to anything creative. And you see, I even have uh, a bed, little twin bed there for when I pass out and don't feel like actually going to bed. I can just roll out of my chair into it. Sweet. It's good that you have uh, to do what you love. Yeah. And well, change I mean, your shirt. Huh? And change your shirt. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's important. That's the most important thing. Oh, you know, these are dress shirts that I never wear. So you're kind of on the wrong side of it. The geek stuff's over there. <laughs> I was I was but, wondering if that was like you collected an item of clothing from every one of your victims. <laughs> some of my victims wear some weird shit. Or they're a bunch of puppies. I don't know which. But, no, well, like, like the one that I have on, I'm very proud of that. It shows that I'm not too old to be... Uh, the creepy old guy that shops at Hot Topic so he can have Kevin Smith shit. <laughs> yeah, that's not creepy at all. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but, but I did I, I did go with my daughter, though. Yeah. Right. That was even creepier, I guess. But you know, She's 18 now. Uh, just a couple of days ago. Well, yeah. we we took us Before all of this shit happened, the, the quarantine and all of that, I had a rare day off. Usually I work seven days a week. I had a rare day off, 
and she's like, let's go to the city. So I called her out of school, figured senior skip day with dad. Why the hell not? Yeah. Bought her lunch at Jack Stack. We went to the mall and I was like, you know, I want a supernatural shirt. That was what I was looking for. She's like, well, there's a hot topic around the corner. God damn, you know this place way too well. <laughs> Oak Park Mall, I guess. Because her and her mom go there all the time and her and her girlfriends. But I hadn't been in like three or four years. And like, sure enough, there's a hot topic. I told her, I said, I bet you a cookie at the, at the big toll house place over there that I'm the oldest guy in there by like 20 years. I got my cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Even the manager was like 23. Oh, yeah. 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 So, on that note, talking about your daughter, Mm -hmm. about comedy, we're going to share a little bit uh, of a skit that uh, I was fortunate enough to come and and, and video for you. Uh, So, we're going to take a quick break, show everybody what what you do, and then Uh we'll come back. Okay. I had to talk about my sweet baby girl again, my daughter, real quick. She's 17 now, and every bit the little lady. I am so proud of her, so impressed with her. The way she handles herself in public is anything unlike, nothing like a father. I am very proud of her. She's so poised and collected. One night we were in Walmart. It was late. We were tired, and we were just keeping each other, you know, entertained, I guess. I was doing a ridiculous French accent. She was doing some high-pitched German thing. We are having a good time. I pay for my crap, sack it up. We turn to leave, and a few feet away from us, there's this elderly gentleman in a motorized car just glaring a hole right through us. And I was about to say, sup, but he beat me to it. He said, go back to your own country. (laughs) What? Sorry, what? And just as probably as much of an American accent as that sounded like, I guess, whatever. He says, you heard me, foreign scum. Go back to your own country. By this time, I wasn't having none of that. Like, there is no way some homeless dude on a motorized cart is going to get the best of me. He said, look, pal, I know the trip over on the Mayflower a few centuries ago must have been hell on you, but I'm half Choctaw, and I'm pretty sure my ancestors had this land before you, and you stole it from us, so why don't you go back to your own country, jackass? He didn't hear a word I was saying. <laughs> The whole time I was talking, he was too busy going, yep, 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 <laughs> Gives us the bird. Like, this is not the night I get my ass kicked by some old 112-year-old guy in a motorized cart. We're getting out of here. I turned, I looked at my baby girl, and any semblance of that was gone. She was beat red from head to toe. Smoke was coming out of her ears. Nothing but 5 feet, 11 inches, 125 pounds of unbridled female fury. She looks him right in the eye and says, Motherfucker, I will fucking scalp you! (laughs) He was so scared, he backed up, hit the register, almost knocked it over, took off zooming down the middle of the store. I have never been so proud of her. (laughs) But that was our last area of Walmart, and we got to start shopping at Target now. And my daughter... She has heard me or seen me tell that story in front of different crowds in different places. And she, every time she's like, just makes me look like such a badass. I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I actually I retired that one after the the taping. I thought, uh, you know, well, that was one of the best reactions I'd ever got. I'd been telling it for almost two years. I'm just gonna, yeah. I don't. Well, of course, with quarantines and everything, I've been on stage twice uh, since that taping in January. But yeah, I've moved on to other things, and I I ended it with a bang. I think. Oh, that's Absolutely. awesome. That's great. That was great. <laughs> that's a great bit. Um, uh, thank you. Do you uh, do you, you think it's gonna take you a while to? Uh, Get back into the swing of things once once this all kind of blows over. Oh God, I hope not. Um, because honestly, well, I was doing much like being in a band. I measure for some of the people that I've talked to. Doing stand up comedy in the Midwest, you're not in it for the money. You're <laughs> right. Buying, yeah, you you do it because you love it because it makes other people feel good. And that's what I miss. I mean, I've talked to my friend Rick here in town, who Matthew taped. He, his bit was after mine. And some friends in Topeka, and they're all like, God, this sucks. You know, we just want stage time. And, and in front of people. And if I thought, if I even thought I knew what I was doing, I would just record some new stuff and put it up. I mean, we've got a YouTube page, uh, Mason Felt Comedy, I think. Uh, have to ask Rick to make sure on that one. I'm not even sure myself, but um, once uh, once we both get our heads out of our asses and get with Matthew, we will have material up there. But which, Excellent. by the way, I don't know. I, I haven't had the chance to tell you in person. You are magical when it when it comes to that. Anybody listening to this, watching this, you need anything recorded. I don't care if it's your kid being potty trained the first time or your baby girl's you know, big wedding or what still point visions is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. For a wedding, no one could afford us because we don't want to do weddings. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather be the wedding band. Uh, no, not even that. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a trip. Yeah. All right. Any comedians watching that. this or bands that you want your shit recorded brilliantly still point visions. <laughs> no weddings. No potty training. Well, no, the potty training, you know, I'd, I'd put a bill on that. That'd be all right. Like, yeah, you could probably make a killing on that as a side gig. I, you know, like a GoPro and an extension pole, you know, and just have the camera up on the top, like running around, running into shit. I Personally, <laughs> I, I think if you had a drone over the kid, it would scare it out of him. Yeah, so well, it, there you go. Is I, I've seen that at some of the bigger shows, like Marshall's parties. Yeah, I've got yeah, a daughter dis- right now. So there you go. I threaten her. We can do it. Yeah. I, mean, I was kind of disappointed there were no drones in in the building that we shot that at. But I got to say, I what was it, like half a dozen different camera angles. I got I got dizzy watching my own footage. Yeah, there's I mean, like it, six, I think. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, actually, I think two of those angles didn't make me look as big as I actually am. So thank you for that. <laughs> sometimes sometimes the camera angle can take off 15 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't found one that will do it for me yet. <laughs> uh, well, I think I was counting the ones that you were actually holding yourself back in the back. Oh, the, white they, they side, were, the white shots of me, I looked great. Yeah, if you shake yeah. a lot... You- Look as big. 
and well and uh the thing i did for my mom that night she was she was actually so surprised and kind of you know that she didn't really remember everything it said i played that for her the other day and she was like oh my god that is so amazing so i'm thankful you were there to capture that too yeah i wish i could have got it a little better but well it's okay i because i knew i was gonna do it i had no fucking clue what i was gonna say until <laughs> i actually did it and yeah it just made her night and so when i when i said the, the thing about you know not the same as going to see dad on stage he didn't do comedy although he probably should have uh he and he was in a ton of bluegrass bands in the 60s and 70s out in la and that was that was his thing and she'd always and up until I came along, apparently, and then he retired. Hmm. Wasn't hanging out at the Spawn Ranch, was he? Huh? He wasn't hanging out at the Spawn Ranch, was he? <laughs> you know, they did go to Reno a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you wonder. Yeah, it does. I, matter of fact, from when I was, when I'm actually born, I could have been the result of a Coke-fueled New Year's Eve up in Reno. There you go. <laughs> Which I I probably could not have been more proud of my parents if that were the case, but nobody's owning up to it. You mentioned uh, earlier when uh, I think in relating to writing and stuff that uh, you and you, you know the people you work with, it's kind of a no ego ego thing, um, taking criticism, yeah. seeing what works and stuff. Uh, that just made me think about like your approach to comedy specifically when you're writing bits or, or when you're developing them. Uh, could you kind of take us like through your process? What for you personally, what works when you're creating? Um, I guess that's, I try to avoid a lot of open mics because when I was starting out doing this a couple of years ago, I bombed a lot of those <laughs> and I, I still do because open mics, well, they, they give, new comedians a shot to be heard by management they give seasoned ones a chance to try out new material but the thing of it is is that the open mics are after the main people the ones who are there getting paid go on and so most times people leave and you could just be putting on a show for each other so my harshest critics are my family and so i will run things by um my wife or my kids, my, my youngest son especially loves puns, even though you ask him, he won't admit it, but he does. And so my love of wordplay goes back to the Marx Brothers movies that my mom had me watch when I was a kid and Groucho just turning everything onto that. Well, uh, like, for example, one of the new ones uh, I have is if you think about pleasuring yourself, but... You keep finding excuses not to. You keep putting it off. You're what's called a procrastinator. <laughs> and things things like that. And so I run it by them. Usually my wife and daughter, if they laugh, I'm like, okay, that's a good one. They kind of look at me like, really? I know it needs work. My son, he's he's a quick trigger. Laughing at it. He doesn't do that very often. I usually know it's a bomb when he does. But if he looks at me and says, I hate you, and turns around and walks off, it means I got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, 
that that's that's kind of my process there the the rest of them are just you know i i do one-liners but my storytelling uh those jokes are almost always i'd say 80 to 90 percent true the the stories i tell like the chinese restaurant things uh they kind of write themselves <laughs> and and the one with alley and walmart you know that's i i couldn't have paid someone to come up with something like that yeah that's just ottawa kansas for you right. that's ottawa kansas at 10 30 p.m <laughs> reminds me so much of parsons it's not even funny oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, for people that are listening that aren't in southeast kansas and don't know about <laughs> parsons <laughs> take our word for yeah. it <laughs> yeah. and i no yeah. disrespect Parsons, I, I guess no, but I, you know i haven't even been there in a decade or so you know the first 20 30 years of my life being around it that yeah so no offense parsons no, there's a lot of lovely people in parsons there really there is. are i don't know any of them but i'll i believe <laughs> we would give you all hugs if it wasn't for this virus. Stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, air five. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of the virus, how are you handling the quarantine? How's it, how's the family? Is everybody home? Is you know, ah, Jesus you, Christ? Yeah. Are you essential? <laughs> you know what's going on? Um. Well. Yeah. Everybody's on my wife. I'm glad she gets to work from home. I mean, she does uh, early head start. Um. Meets with the parents of kids, you know, like birth after five years old, and gets them ready for preschool, kindergarten, that sort of thing. I think uh, you guys' version down there is CCAP, if I remember right. But anyway, it's a it's kind of a government teaching job, and uh, so she gets to move from the office and doing home visits to setting up video conferences, you know, and doing them that way out of the basement. So my my little office in the basement is still mine. My living room. Where all my cool nerd shit is is now a fucking office, uh, with with sheets up everywhere. And well, if if the kids are looking at all the stuff you have on the shelves, they're going to be distracted. They're not going to be, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of ADD when I look at everything. I'm like, God, I got a fucking flea market in my basement. <laughs> That's how tightly packed shit is together. Um. So yeah, she but she's having fun with it, and I you know I don't mind having her here. The kids, I think they're adjusting more. I'm adjusting great because in seven months of employment at that restaurant, I had six days off, Ooh. and like like real days. And so this last week for me has been I got to get this done. I got to do this. I got to do that. No fuck, I'm gonna binge watch The Expanse. And maybe some fear of the walking dead because I got behind on that and now fringe. So, yeah, no, but when the weather gets nice, like tomorrow, allegedly, I'll actually do what I need to be doing. But the first week of the shutdown, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> mandatory. <bitch>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like mandatory. My ass is sleeping until noon. And that's it. You know, shut the door. Don't bother me. Yeah, but <laughs> how to make the most of it so that's good yeah yeah but now i actually get some stuff done and you know get the attaboy from the wife 
<laughs> just the weather's nice. I have no, I have no, no excuse not to finish painting the house now. So, you guys looking for something to? We can keep the ladder six feet apart. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I need to do that. Oh, yeah, I know. But I'm buying siding instead. No, but we, all of it, the kids, though, I feel bad for them because, especially my daughter, this was her senior year. And so no prom, no graduation. Uh, maybe they'll be, maybe they'll do something for for graduation. I know but as soon as this lockdown is over, I'm throwing her a hell of a party. Right. Uh, my, my, my son is kind of adjusting. I mean, he's, I, I walked in on him today. This, that's, this is going to sound wrong, but I'll get to the point. And I opened the door today. They've been doing online school for a week now. And I kind of cramered him, you know, I wasn't intending to, but I opened the door and I went to slide in there, just stick my head in. But my little house shoe things on the floor, hardwood floor, it was slippery. And I full on cramered him. I slid right through the door and cracked my shin <laughs> on his bed frame. <laughs> like, uh, you're not watching porn, are you? He's like, doing my goddamn English. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I just yeah. came in to say hi. I just, I couldn't stop, you know. He's like, you could stop whenever you want. No, you can't. Never mind. <laughs> I'm like, well, do you need any help with it? You know, I was, I was great in English. I can't speak it very well, but. Yeah, literature, whatever, you know, you need some, he's like, I'm answering boring questions about myself. Then I have some assignments, but I'm going to do those with my door locked. Like, oh, that's, you want me out of here. So you are watching porn. But <laughs> now he wasn't. Damn it. He's actually being responsible. He he has been more responsible during this whole lockdown thing, getting his assignments done. I think he ever was in school. And I'm I'm very very proud of him. It's just kind of it's just so weird. You know, they the school gives them laptops anyway, but to see them in the room, they they're kind of like a younger version of me. I sit here in this goddamn glider because my office chair broke, so I can't swivel around like a cool guy anymore. I just kind of. I have to scrunch it around and it sucks because I'm old, but they, they're sitting on their beds with the laptops on, on their lap doing their shit. And I'm like, wow, that's exactly how I look during the five minutes during the day that I feel creative. <laughs> and, I but I, oh, I, I have, I have written some new shit. So I, I'm happy about that. I, I've, Gotten back on the screenwriting. I've written some new comedy bits. So if this shit ever gets lifted, I'm going to hit the stage running. Partly because of you. Uh, I know August is probably still set. So thank you. I didn't even know that was official until Rick sent me the the little poster thing. It said, you know, with the comedy stylings, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, All right. <laughs> yeah, the whole time back of your head, uh, he's fucking pulling my leg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that would be cool. But I mean, comedy and, and yeah, I guess comedy and rock go well together. Oh yeah, well I mean just just something better than you know just some funny bullshit in between songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by August with this whole lockdown shit, I mean we're gonna have hours of material between the two of us. So. 
you know, you know however, however many bands you have, the time in between will not be boring. I promise you. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah, so thank you very much for uh, for getting us that. And if if that's, I mean, we had to cancel. My God, between April and May, he and I both canceled seven or eight different things a piece, plus wow. our improv thing that we had planned here in town. And it's just, yeah, like I said, it wouldn't. It's not the money we're missing. It's the same reason, you know, the same feeling you guys get when the crowd is like chanting your name and singing along with the songs and shit. When people laugh at what we're saying, that's our rush. We know we're helping people forget their problems for a little while. Yep. And that's all we need. You know, and helping them forget their problems and making them happier makes me happier. So that's everybody what, wins. That's so important. That's so important to have that uh, kind of. Uh, momentary escape let someone else do the do the thinking for you in a way you know take right. you on a little journey yeah. i love it. that's what it's all about i mean so uh yeah like oh what are we gonna do tonight oh well, there's this asshole that i heard about is pretty funny you know we can go see him on stage and they ah oh, there's this cool band down in cherryville hey, let's go see them you know yeah it makes sense because kansas we are kind of hard up for entertainment there's a lot of great bands a lot of great unsigned bands. I'm fortunate enough to be friends with some of them. And like, there's a lot of great comedians in the Kansas City and Topeka area, fortunate enough to call friends, who are just like this close, you would think, to being famous. But, you know, at least I think they should be. But, right. yeah. Right. You think it's just hard in, in this area, in, the, in, in Kansas, to kind of get that, get to that extra, that, upper level to kind of crack that ceiling yeah kind of yeah but i mean with the internet though i mean really you can get your name out there i i and that's that's how michelle and i uh wound up meeting back in the middle part of the 2000s you know uh because of myspace and then uh we interviewed you know dave the guy called zombie dave Dave Rita, we interviewed him on one of his things. I watched one of his features and reviewed it, and he and I just hit it off. We spent, uh, he and I spent one festival in San Jose later that year, uh, drinking the hotel bar out of rum and just swapping stories and keeping each other entertained. And, you know, like friendship grew from there. You know, he's like, uh, he's like that brother that I see once every four or five years. Right. Is the rest of the time, you know, we just talk on the phone or whatnot. But as far as being in person, eh, about every half a decade, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know, just having a friend like that where you have such long time apart, but then get back together, and it's like you never miss a beat. That's kind of a special. Yeah. To have, and, and you know, well, Matt knows he hates this name nowadays, but Fabio, Justin Gardner. And I are like that. You know, we we always make this promise to each other. Every three months, we're going to do something, you know. But, you know, life gets in the way. You know, he had teenagers. I had teenagers. And it never really worked out that way. But we keep, in, you know, we always kept in touch with texts and phone calls. And we'd see each other once every year, year and a half. And it was like time had stood still. And I... You know, Matthew's been the same way. We God, we've known each other a long time. Yeah. And we always just seem to like 
start up the conversation wherever we left it the next time we talk. And, you know, I like that. There's not enough of that in my life as far as I'm concerned. But I'm thankful for the ones like that that I have. Right. And, you know, that's really all you need. I don't even remember where I was going with that. But, uh, yeah, Just, Justin was, is, is, not was, is one of those that's, uh, it's like, you know, like I said, time just stands still and you start over where you left off. And Dave's like that uh, because, you know, every time he calls me, he's like, so like we were talking. <laughs> which one was that you know the idea it's like hey you know the idea that i sent you i'm like that was six fucking months ago didn't i write something to send back to you he's like well yeah but that's what i'm saying i had time to read it jesus <laughs> i thought i was bad. So, so take that situation and how many times have you have you run into you got a message from him and you type it all up and then six months later, you go back and he's like, hey, what would you what'd you think of that? And I was like, didn't I respond? And you go into the message and like, oh, shit, I never hit send. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why we stopped emailing each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we just yeah. got the draft all the, I, the, the whole time. Yeah, that's where all my fucking space went into the draft folder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now it's either, you know, unless we're sending each other. And we always call to verify that the other got the part that we wrote, so, you know, so that, but other than that, it's text or phone calls now. I, I never thought I'd say this about email. I used to love it. God, it could suck it. Yeah. 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 Everything, everything needs to be instant now. And, and yeah, the, best now thing, the best thing about messages. That's an yeah, I, I, There's some things she wants to, wants to take a little while, I think. <laughs> bills <laughs> yeah i think uh, i think one of the greatest things in the world and the worst thing in the world is when you send something and you can see they looked at it and they haven't responded <laughs> and i the sequel I, I, yes i'm proud about that i am especially on messenger there's a couple of phones ago and i say that because it's, it seems like with every four four to six months, I have to buy a new phone because I'm a clumsy motherfucker. That's, that's basically all there is. I'm clumsy, and I have no luck with them. I'll be reaching into my pocket to pull out my keys, and my phone will slip out of the pocket and crack itself on the sidewalk. And that would be the one time I put my phone in a different pocket, you know. And so I have that kind of luck. But Messenger kept deleting itself um, from my phone. I would have to constantly reinstall it. And then I would forget that I had messages that I needed to respond to. And then there are times where I would look at it. I'd be busy and like, all right, I'll think about that. I'll get back to him. And like you said, six months will go by. And like, <laughs> hey, by the way, did you ever get a chance to think about, ah, I'm a dick. Yeah, once, once it hit me. Uh, how many people are on anxiety medication just because of you now? Yeah, yeah. Because of me? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> both my children. Uh, both, well, both my children that live with me. My oldest, uh, as far as I know, he's not on anything anymore. He's, uh, you know, as we see each other, well, he's uh, down south of Pittsburgh, so we see each other about once, twice a year. I mean, we talk all the time, but now that he's not around me as much, I think he got off of that shit. 
<laughs> yeah, but both of the ones here. Well, no, my daughter doesn't anymore. Uh, is she's single again? So she's happy. Yeah. And my son probably doesn't even know he should because he's with me now way more than he probably wants to be. <laughs> have Have you introduced him to Stephen Wright? Who, my son? Yeah. No. I, th- I no, think I, I, I think that I, would fit his I, personality the way you describe him. I I did uh, show him some Mitch Hedberg clips, and he really <laughs> liked that. And to me, Mitch, Mitch was Stephen 2.0, I think. And right. I loved them both. Yeah, well, but what what are uh, some of what are some of the uh, comedians comedians like? What what really makes you laugh? Well. What makes me laugh? Um, no one will ever make me laugh probably more than Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. I, I still will watch his old stuff now and then, even his movies. My daughter and I watched One Crazy Summer the other night. Yeah. She hadn't seen she hadn't seen it since she was about ten. And I told her this story of and this is this is a true story. Um when I was growing up in Caney, I uh, during a spring break trip to Galveston, the best thirty five dollars I ever spent was on a fake ID. And times were different then. But since I looked a little older then and the license said I was older, a buddy of mine was able to, whenever they needed extra help, uh, would call me and I'd haul ass down to Tulsa and I'd work at Jokers like maybe one week, one Saturday a month, uh, the comedy club down there. And this was in uh, 85 and 86. And Bobcat came through. Uh, I was already a huge fan because of the Police Academy movies. And I think he already had an HBO special by then. But my job when I was there was to just walk the talent from their dressing room and hit their mark at the edge of the stage, you know. And then they were introduced. I had to get them there in time. Then when they were introduced, they just walked on out. Well, it's through me. I, I don't know why I was so naive. I rarely get starstruck, but that was one of those moments. And... He was talking to me in his normal voice. I had never heard that before. And I told him when we when we got to the edge of the stage, I was like, I'll be kind of honest with you. And I called him Mr. Goldthwaite. And he's like, <laughs> but I said, I'll be honest with you. This is kind of freaking me the fuck out right now. He's like, <laughs> it's like, I guess I just figured that was you, you know, on stage in the movies, you know, he's like, Ah, no, I got a normal voice just like everybody else, but you want to see something? Just wait. And they introduced me, went out, and so I was headed, you know, back through the little maze backstage, and I hear this, hey, 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 uh, get out of here, kid. I'm like, what? And he was pointing, like, right through the edge of the curtain. He's like, kid, come here, come here. And I'm like, so I walked right out there, and he put his arm around me, and he's like, ah, anybody out there? Uh, like grandmas or like bikers or dwarves, yeah, you feel like kicking my ass tonight? This is my security. I'm fucked. It's like, hey, get out of here. And he, he shoved me backstage. I was laughing so hard. I was doubled over crying once I got backstage. And I told her that story. She's like, God damn it. I really wish I could have lived in the 80s. Yeah. It really was the coolest time, I think. 
get away with so much more than you could now. I was so lucky. Um, but Bob Goldthwait, uh, Rodney Dangerfield never ceases to make me laugh. Um, but the newer ones, I cannot stop watching Anthony Jeselnik, I think is his name. Yeah. He, his dark twists and shit on things. I mean, you think he's going somewhere and then all of a sudden he pulls out this just twisted punchline and I'm like, Oh God. <laughs> yeah. He's so wrong. He's just so wrong, but it's so over one, of my favorite, yeah. one of my favorite ones of his, I think is, uh, you know, my mom should have been on one of the planes that crashed into the twin towers. So I think anyway, <laughs> And that that one got me hooked on it. And there's there's another guy, I can't remember his name right now. Um, uh, ah, shit. As soon as this is done, I'll be able to think of it. Um, he's also, I think he's a friend of of Jeselnik's because I've seen him perform like on talk shows together. But um, Door J Door maybe with an H. He's Canadian. And he did one bit where he uh, had a, uh, what do they call those things? Suspenders uh, tattoo. Like, took off his shirt and he had suspenders tattooed. <laughs> but, uh, he he does a couple of bits that are hilarious. Um, but I, I tend to stick, if anything's going to make me laugh, like I said, it's Bobcat or Rodney or just anything from my youth, you know. It's like I I like a lot of the new guys, but if somebody's really gonna make me like just laugh, no matter how many times I've watched it, it's gonna be shit like Caddyshack, uh, Bob Saget stand up. Which if anyone out there has never seen Bob Saget stand up, it is the anti Danny Tanner. Yes, right. and it is brilliant, <laughs> and it is brilliant. Yeah. The the. Yeah. The Saget in Half Baked is is the Bob Saget on stage, and that's what I love. It's but those, those guys make me laugh. A lot of the some of the older ones that are still out there checking along. The new Chris Rock special I, I watched it was pretty funny, but the new guys aren't making me just double over with laughter or inspire bits of my own like the ones I grew up with and. Maybe that's just me being stuck in the past, being retro, or maybe that's just the way everybody is. I don't know. Have you uh, seen uh, Burt Kreischer's special uh, Secret Time? No. Everyone keeps saying it's awesome. That, I haven't not, yet. That's not his one that just came out, but it's the one before that. And that, to me, was, I mean, I was, like, crying laughing. I was crying. Uh, yeah, that I mean, there's not too many comedy specials I sit there and watch, and I'm just like can't breathe and I can't talk, and I'm, you know, that that one got yep. me pretty good. Nice, yeah. yeah, and that's that's what Stephen Wright and George Carlin and Mitch Hedberg and all of them did for me, and uh, for some the impressionists uh, always just wowed me too. Uh, everyone from Rich Little to uh, yeah, was there anyone else besides Rich Little that really counts? Well, Caliendo. Uh, I, he, he, Caliendo can switch, and I, I envy that. 
And you can start a sentence as Morgan Freeman and finish it as Robin Williams. And that is something, impressions I've been trying to do since I was a teenager. That's not something I've mastered yet. Actually, just to hear a white man sound like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's impressive. My, uh, I would say my my pinnacle uh, of comedy is the first 15 minutes of Harlem Nights. To this day, I, I, I still I still cry when I watch it. It's so funny. Yeah, I and I haven't seen it in so long. It's been probably ten or twelve years that I know I would love it again. But I watched it so much back then that I just, you ever watch something so much you get sick of it? Not that, that one. That <laughs> I, did. I, I had to take a break. Well. The two movies that I say uh, made me who I am, I, I guess, for lack of a better word. And I, I think I've told you this story, Matthew, before. And when I was younger, I was painfully shy. Like, wallflower hiding behind it. Like, George McFly kind of shy. And, you know, all of my friends, they were, you know, jocks with the big muscles and it worked out and everything. And, you know, they got all the attention from the girls and like, oh, man. Then the summer of 85 happened. Two movies changed my life. Fletch with Chevy Chase. Real Genius with Val Kilmer. Yes! And after I watched those two movies... I just I'm had like, an argument oh with somebody the other day about uh, Val Kilmer's best role. Someone said Top Secret, and I was like, you're full of shit. It's Real, real Genius. genius. Yeah. yeah, Top Secret was good. It was real yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah. Top secrets further down the list. I I say real genius and tombstone. Uh huh. And then you know you can move them however you want below those two. <laughs> I always put Willow in there in in the top three. Okay, Willow yeah, and, the, and the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'll give it four, but I yeah, right. I'd keep I'd keep Willow up there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't and, topic. I just had to. No, put no, it no. That's there. great. <laughs> No, and actually, Men Who Broke a Thousand Chains, that HBO movie, that was one of his best, I thought. Because that was the first yeah. time I saw dramatic Kilmer. Yeah. And, yeah, like, like, oh, he's got range. And so, but unfortunately, you know, it'd be about a decade later, David Duchovny took the top spot of my man crushes. So, but Kilmer's still in there. Man, and did you, uh, did you ever watch that movie? Um, I think it's... Uh... Iceman? Wait, not him playing Iceman, but Iceman. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. one. Um, no, oh, Michael Fassbender is, is uh, tracking down a serial killer or something like that. Anyway, he, oh. small, he's a small character in it, but it's like after after he had a stroke or whatever. And so then oh, they yeah. dubbed him, and it's, it's so bad. I mean, it's so bad. Oh, man. It's not good to begin with, but. I, I can't remember. Snowman. No, it's the Snowman. The Snowman. No, no, I haven't. I love Fassbender, though. I need to watch that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's worth he's more than He's more than Magneto. Even though that's probably his best role, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, wait, what BBC show was he in? What? What? Fassbender. What BBC show was he a big part of that I can't remember now. Is I 
I have to admit, sometimes I get him mixed up with uh, Benadryl Pumpkin Patch, um, you know, <laughs> Sherlock and Dr. Crane. Oh, he's, he's amazing, too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Goddamn, I will get those two mixed up in a heartbeat. But, well, was Fassbender on Sherlock, too? Or was no. that something else? Yeah, that was Benedict. Okay. Right. I know it wasn't his first thing, but I think the first thing that I, I saw Fassbender in was, was 300. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in... Huh? He was in 300? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, huh. He's the one who said that. I see. I... Uh, my wife loved that movie. Trainer. Oh, we'll fight in the shade. Yeah, yeah. he's one of those, and we'll fight in the shade. That was fast oh. Okay. Watch him in the right. alien prequel. Yeah. Was good. Oh, for me, I still haven't seen that. Isn't there two of them now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to put that on. Prometheus is really good. It's, it, it, as it's you'll great. see, as you'll see in my office, I have very organized notes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's how I didn't forget. Apparently, you don't need that one. No, that one's done. Yeah, well, not we're we're not done yet, but I, at least now I won't forget to do it. <laughs> I just realized something. I'm the only one. Looks like I'm sitting in a cockpit with the goddamn gamer phones on. So you must be on a laptop. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, see, I didn't know this was going to be video until the last second, I just thought. <laughs> oh, cool. At least we'll have one hand free, you know, and I can um, you know, borrow my son's pair that he doesn't really. I See, I love you guys. Yeah. Y'all team players. Oh, we That's can't get now, but we got the headphones on. Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got to say, because now I can say, great shot, kid. That was one with a straight face and not feel stupid until now. Now I feel stupid, but I didn't when I was saying it. What were we talking about? Who knows? Uh, so what's on your agenda for tomorrow? Tomorrow? Ah, well, well, today was an exercise in futility. I, uh, I took two tires off my car, pulled nails out, plugged the holes. And then realized both times that the valve stems were also bad, which I don't have the tools to break down and take care of that shit. So I wasted an hour and utilities kind of for nothing. I still have to air up the motherfucker every couple of days. Mm. Uh, so tomorrow maybe I'm going to break the quarantine because tires are essential and go get a couple of new ones. But if my wife has her way, I will be scraping and painting on the rest of the house, which is about halfway done now. But yeah, if yeah, last summer it had gone different, it would have already been done. <laughs> well, just remember when you go out, do like the elderly couple and and, and put the the maxi pads with wings over your face. <laughs> <laughs> and please tell me you've seen that one. I, I have. Whatever I see that. But, the thing, and this is 
probably, as far as comedies go, in my top five of all time. You guys ever seen Lone Star State of Mind? I have not seen that. You, you, I highly recommend it. You need to look it up. It's uh, Josh Jackson, DJ Qualls. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the son of the dude who played uh, Deputy Cletus on uh, Dukes of Hazard. I think okay. his name's uh, something Hurst. I can't remember what. And John Mellencamp, of all people, amongst others, are in this movie. But there's a part where robbery going on and DJ calls I, the new kid. I love him. Always plays an idiot. He brings out this shit. And he's like, the guy's like, no, I said pantyhose, dumb nuts. Not panties, not panty liners. Pantyhose, because he's got this fucking uh, pad on his head, it's like ear flap, looks like a goddamn, you know, going out into Canadian winter, and and that's how it started. It's it's one of the uh, the wife and I swear by it. It came out in like two thousand, I think, but one of the funniest movies that I have ever seen, and I've seen a couple. Uh, <laughs> But what about you guys? What are you doing tomorrow? We get to work. Working. Yep. Ah. Oh, so you guys are essential. Yeah. Yeah. Expendable. Expendable. We're expendable. expendable. <laughs> oh, dude. Don't think I wasn't enjoying it. Once, once we had to shut down the buffet, he started, you know, doing carry out only. But then he's like, hey, you know the town. You can deliver. I'm like, oh. I hate liver. He's like, not liver, deliver. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were saying deliver. I'm, like, I'm not eating fucking liver. He's like, no, you take food out. Well, that cut down on dishwashing, though, right? Fuck no. <laughs> there's, there's still, I am so desperate to, with everything, all the responsibilities that were have been added to what I had done there in the last few months. I was so desperate. I was offering my son money out of my own paycheck to come in and wash the dishes for me while I was doing other shit. And you know what he said? Now nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the more I think about it, I don't blame him. Right. It's, I mean, he has a hard time understanding accents. I don't. I do enough of them on my own. I'm fluent in, in bad English. I speak bad English. But I loved being a delivery driver. It was the first time I had delivered food anywhere since Pizza Hut and Coffee Pill when I was in college. Which is how I met the pickle. Uh, well, Terry, you know, not how I met it got a You know what I mean. <laughs> Let's clarify. Terry Martindale. Let's clarify. Terry Martindale, the pickle. Not how I got a pickle. <laughs> I was not experimental in college. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although looking back now, maybe I could have used the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> but no, and I was having a blast cruising all over town, not thinking anything about the virus. And this, I guess if I had to do one joke about the coronavirus, uh, let me see what I can come up with in the next five seconds, because I really don't have one. Yeah. I'm not scared of getting it. I don't fear ever getting it because I have survived almost 50 years of Walmart bathrooms <laughs> and I have never gotten even so much as hep C off of a toilet lid yet. Knock on wood. So this stuff doesn't scare me at all. 
There, I said it. <laughs> That'll be interesting to see uh, different comedians, different takes on how they use this, won't it? What kind of angle? It will. I mean, I talked to, and you know, I guess maybe I could do, but I really don't want to. I think it's going to be oversaturated. I'm curious to see what my friends come up with and what they do on stage or what the, the world famous ones, you know, what they have to say once all this is over. But as far as me, nah, I think it's going to be oversaturated anyway. I mean, it's gotten to the point where I'm the guy who gets my news from John Oliver once a week uh, on HBO. Mm-hmm. And even he, in the last couple, three episodes, has been filming from home with one camera and a white background. You know, no crowd, no studio, no nothing. And everybody's been compiling their shit, you know, from home, I guess. And they've been doing, like, video chats. But he records himself now. All the money that that he's been saving HBO, though, uh, they need a comedy special. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a pipe dream. But, no, the way I look at it, if I get my new... If I get my news, my world news, my national news from a British comedian, it tells you how seriously I take the news, I guess. It's, uh, it's, it's depressing. I, I don't enjoy it. I would almost rather watch Showgirls 24 hours straight than I would an actual broadcast on CNN or Fox News. So there you go. That kind of says something about the state of our sense-making institutions in America. <laughs> right now <laughs> exactly well i mean you've got what the head of the cdc saying we're not prepared for this we don't know what to do there's not a vaccine we're working on it but it could be a year year and a half then you've got a president who my son calls orange man uh, <laughs> bad tanning bulb bad tanning bulb orange man of course i'm old man yells at clouds so what do you know what do you expect uh, and then you've got trump saying oh yeah we're going to be open by Easter. Easter is special to a lot of people. So, yeah. I, and I can't help. Every time I see a press conference with him, I don't like politics. As, as you guys know, I would just as soon write in Weird Al as I would vote for anyone seriously because they're all in it together, just like divorce lawyers. They all play golf together on the weekends when no one's around. But every time I watch a press conference with Trump, it's like David Koechner in at the end of waiting. Wait, he's talking to Justin Long. <laughs> like, yeah, here's what happened. Came in and uh, and you're fired. Like, no, no, I quit. No, 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 you didn't. You're fired. <laughs> That's it. Fired. And to me, that that is every I think press conference I've ever seen with Trump is yeah. Keckner in waiting. And there's another great comedy for anybody who's ever worked in a restaurant. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is a great movie. Avoid the sequel. <laughs> Oh dear God, that was horrible. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah. Well, that flew under my radar. I uh, guess you didn't miss it. Uh, <laughs> you didn't miss it. No, uh, kind of like Van Wilder too. Like, yeah. yeah. See, I've always, I've always said that uh, Van Wilder is part one. Mm-hmm. Waiting is part two. Deadpool is part three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was part four. That that's perfect. Yeah. 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 yeah I yeah. mean, it's all the same character. <laughs> yeah, and and somewhere in there is uh, the 
assassin's babysitter or whatever that thing was with him and sam jackson i loved it i just can't remember the name of it oh yeah yeah, yeah. um the the handmade the the assassin no fuck hitman's body um, hitman's bodyguard hitman's bodyguard. Hit yeah. bodyguard yeah that's it yeah yeah i loved that one. but it was the same character and kind of a bridge between the two was his little bit in hobbs and shaw yeah you know, oh, yeah. I, I I really did not want to like that movie. <laughs> I really didn't want to like it. I like both the actors. I'm just so sick of Fast and Furious crap and that movie. The, the, <laughs> the fact that Please. this is actually being recorded and it's, it's there for posterity for the world to see. I am so goddamn grateful I'm not the only one. Is that Those were my exact words. After I watched it the first time, it's like, God damn it, I wanted this to suck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so good. I yeah, did. it was awesome. Yeah. And because I was in, towards the end, I was like, oh my God, it's Roman Reigns. Holy shit. Hey. And I'm like, oh God. Right. Damn it. <laughs> they got me again. Yeah, it got me again. Fucking WrestleMania. Nah, <laughs> uh, but, well, and I actually kind of enjoy, I hate to say this, the Fast and the Furious movies now, they sucked. Until Rock the Dwayne Johnson uh, came in, and then they didn't suck as much. And then Kurt Russell came in, and it sucked a whole lot less. Yeah. But now they're both gone. And don't and get like, me wrong, I, I still like them. I do. And I'll watch yeah. them. I just don't want to anymore. I know. Oh, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly it right there. <laughs> and for fuck's sake, there was no way in hell I was going to see part nine. And then I see a trailer for it, and I'm like, oh, fucking John, fuck you, John Cena. Now I'm going to have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, that's another one I hate to admit I like, but I fucking love John Cena. Playing yeah. with Fire, I swear to God, is a much better pacifier movie than the pacifier with Vin Diesel ever could be. I haven't seen that mm. one. I, uh, I started uh, Bumblebee the other night. I started what? Bumblebee, so it's like a sequel to the the Transformers movie. Well, and John Cena's in it, and I'm like, well, this thing would be too good. Uh, Fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what what's so good about Bumblebee is that they're they're all like '80s period Transformer bodies. I mean, it's just like spot on, like straight out of prequel. I really don't know what to classify it as, but it was better than anything Michael Bay ever fucking did. Yeah, we were having this discussion the other day about about Michael Bay and his uh, his look. Yeah, you know, a lot of this uh, type up stuff. close, shaky, middle of the action. yeah. Hey, yeah, Matthew, why didn't you do any three sixty bullshit when you were recording me? Believe me, my arms were getting tired, so there was plenty of shake. <laughs> Plenty of shake, but no 360 rotation. Damn it. That's why they had six cameras, man. Come on. <laughs> Touche. Really fast. It'll look like it's going around. But dude, like this. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I love I Bumblebee. And I think two main ingredients to me doing loving that so much was John Cena. Uh, even though he didn't really have that big of a part in it, the story was really good. But Michael Bay didn't direct it. And he had 20, 20, 25 years ago, I loved his work. I loved Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Yeah. And yeah. Some, 
some of the other shit that he did, but then he kind of became a parody of himself. Mm-hmm. And like Jimmy Fallon, he was still laughing at his own jokes when no one else was. And I hate to use that as an analogy, but that's kind of my go-to pick on when I do anything. Like, yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel's funny. You're not. Kimmel doesn't laugh at his own jokes. So, <laughs> but the, he, I think Michael Bay becomes so self-aware that, yeah. I, I was trying to think what the last movie he directed I actually liked was. And I keep going back to Bad Boys 2. That's the only thing I can think of, and that was like 15 years ago. I think I think Bad Boys Two was the was his pinnacle. You know, I think yeah. that that movie was better than the original. That that movie was just perfect. It was yeah. funny. It was irreverent. I mean, it was nasty. I mean, it was yeah. great. Um, yeah, and like it was like his, tribute to it and hot made it up to be. I mean, it was yeah. You're right. It was beautiful, but. Um, yeah, I I can't even think of the last. But, you know, he didn't direct uh, Bad Boys for Life, right? And and I've heard good but, things about it, but I haven't seen. I it haven't yet. seen that one yet either. It's it's good. It's not part two, but I think it's better than the first one. I like the first one, but you too. I just don't think it's as good as the second. Second one, just everything was firing on all cylinders. And it, I mean, oh yeah, it was great. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna connect the dots between Ryan Ryan Reynolds and Michael Bay now. And that with that uh, thing on Netflix right now, Six Underground. Uh, okay. I watched that. I did not know that was a Michael Bay thing. Uh, I, I he went did into that? It. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, that's one of his deals. I went Fuck. into that, and, and the opening scene is this car chase, and it's like all crazy. It's Michael Bay. And uh, my wife just looks over to me and goes, like, this really feels like a Michael Bay thing. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, it really does. Like, man, I hate this shaky camera stuff. But then, uh, you know, we got into the movie, we really liked it, and then uh, we forgot about that. And then the first thing you see in the credits roll, Michael Bay, we're like, oh, yeah. We so, uh, definitely. See, well, thank you, because that will settle an argument once I get off of here. Because when we watched it together, I made the same comment too. I'm like, Jesus Christ, so somebody went to Michael Bay Film School or something? <laughs> <laughs> like what and but i didn't stick around for the credits you know i liked the movie but i was like you know on to the next one yeah and i didn't even look it up so thank you for letting i'm not crazy and somebody wasn't copying him that was actually yep wow that was his deal <laughs> what uh what was the one that he did uh based on a true story uh about the i think it was the marines uh i do not know i don't know I'll have to look it up. Did he direct John Cena in the Marine? No, <laughs> no. Oh, Pearl Harbor. No, no. Yeah, I mean, he did that, but uh, no, not that one. Oh, he, he tried making another abortion of a war movie? <laughs> yeah, this one's a little more uh, accurate. Oh. I mean, I love Ben Affleck. Damn it. I do love Ben Affleck. Um, but that movie still was god awful. I don't know. I, I Call me crazy, but if I'm going to watch a war movie, I don't want to be bogged down with all that romance bullshit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if I want that, I'll watch a Sandra Bullock film, which I do more than I should admit. But, still, <laughs> you know, 
Hey, she's she's the modern day Audrey Hepburn. Dude, that is a beautiful way to put. It. I had never thought of that. I like it. Yeah, thirteen hours about uh, the attack on the U.S. compound in Libya. Oh, he did that. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It was good, and it there's no there's no sappy love story in there. I mean, there may be like a, a Skype call between a soldier and his wife, you know, but that's that's as far as it oh, goes. Well, that just that fucks it all up. Then. <laughs> but I mean, him from the office, and he's all bearded and buff. I mean, this was before a Quiet Place. Oh, was this him training to be Jack Ryan? Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. most likely. I mean, he probably got the role because of it. Nice. I'm good in the. In I, that, I, so. I like it. I, I like that actor. He is usually pretty consistent. I haven't got to see Quiet Place 2 because they pulled it before it got released to no theaters being open. Right. Yeah. So, now hopefully it'll come to on demand. I really keeping my fingers crossed because ah, that reminds me. You said you wanted you talked about the arts and shit like that. I've got two art things to talk about while I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm a I'm going to say, one, if you're a fan of the comics, don't waste your time. If you're not a fan of the comics, don't waste your time. If you got a hard-on for Vin Diesel, that's the only reason I can say to watch it. Uh, but Bloodshot is on On Demand. And I actually do love the comic. And way back in the day when Triple H was supposed to star in that role, I was all about it. And here we are, like 18 years later, we get Vin Diesel. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Riddick without the eyes, which uh, you know, put him in a pitch black movie. And I'm like, oh, Vin Diesel is the shit. Anything else, and I'm like, it's the same fucking role. I know I'm a hypocrite, I guess, but I thought he was pretty kick ass in the pacifier <clears throat> too. But uh, no, one movie, and I think it's on Redbox and uh, some other platform like. Uh, not stars, one of those other rental things. Like if you got a Roku box, it's it's on there. Red box on demand. I know it is because that's where I watched it. The Hunt is probably movie of the year so far for me. That's what I've heard. The Hunt. Okay. Yeah. That's the Hunt. And take take what you know about uh, like the Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin, or as I liked it better when it was known as Battle Royale in China. Or was it Japan? One of those two. Um, it takes hunting humans to a new level. They poke fun at both sides of the political spectrum from one end of the left all the way over to the far right. They never stop. There's more twists than a J.J. Abrams series. And it is a brilliant piece of cinema. It really is. And they don't—they don't want it to be called a horror movie for some reason, even though that's kind of how I lump it in. But it's more like a thriller action comedy, I think, is what one person called it. I'm like, fuck now, you're hunting humans. It's a fucking horror movie. I don't care what statement it has to make. It's a horror movie, but it's funny as fuck. There's blood all over the place. More twisted. I mean, just just the first ten minutes, you get to know a character and then gone. I'm like. Man, I liked him. So it kind of does, in a way, what Cabin in the Woods did with the stereotypes. Oh, and it flips yeah. everything you think you know, does a complete 180 with it, and still ramps it up your ass. But it's done in such a way you don't mind it being done. 
<laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. But no, it's Check by it far the best movie I have seen this year, The Hunt. And uh, if you're a fan of American History X or My Name is Earl, Ethan Sipley, however you say his last name, <laughs> has lost a shit ton of more fucking weight. And is awesome in this. Any, any character name, shut the fuck up, Gary, actually in the credits, you got a winner. There. So, so the credits are just as good as the first Deadpool then, huh? Uh, the closing credits, yeah, because you actually learn the names of some of the characters. And shut the fuck up, Gary, was by far my favorite, you know. That's awesome. What was the movie about... Hunting got hunting people with Ray Liotta back in the day. Oh, and, and Ice T. Yeah, and Gary Busey. Yeah, oh, I was with No Escape, but it was uh, Surviving the Game. Oh no, All right. I was thinking of No Escape. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Ray Liotta. Okay. Surviving the Game. It no, was. Uh, I was thinking of No Escape. Oh, it was Rutger Hauer. It was Rutger Hauer, Gary Busey, um, Ice T was the the runner. But yeah, yeah. No, good too. And yeah, in No Escape, he was the, the guy being hunted. Yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta. Uh, okay. Enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, surviving the game was like a, a homeless, ver- homeless hunting version of Hard Target with uh, Jean Claude Van Goddamn and. <laughs> That's that's still one of the, I think one of the best action movies of like the nineties was Hard Target and the reason for that was John Woo directed it. Yeah, you know, brought yeah. the brought the beauty of Chinese uh camera art to our action then. But anything he, he did a Tom Cruise movie after that too. I didn't think it was as good. I don't know whatever happened to him. It's what I what I remember him for here in America was Hard Target and The Replacements. The Replacements? No, The Replacement Killer. Oh, the Replacement Killer. Okay. Yeah, yeah the Replacement Mirror's Killer. killer. Oh, yeah. That one. Right on. Yeah. He did. No. Face Off, too, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, my wife and I still argue about that one. I love it. She hates it. <laughs> my, you know, it, it it's good because that's like at the height of John Travolta's research, you know. Um, but I and, think they really, seriously. I think they really missed the mark in that movie because that first ten minutes when Nicolas Cage is the bad guy, he's fucking brilliant. And then you got to spend the rest of the movie with him trying to be the good guy. I'm like, yeah. he's the best bad guy. And, you know, fortunately, we get a lot of those movies yeah. from now. But Yeah. But then, yeah. Yeah. When he was acting all crazy, he coked up. That was the best Nicolas Cage in the <laughs> world right there. Which there are two movies that he's done here lately that I need to see. I haven't seen him. Have you? Mandy or Color Out of Space? Um... My wife has watched. If, if these are all on like straight to Netflix, is that what you're talking about? Because there were like well, 14 theatrical releases. There were like 14 Nick Cage movies that have come out in the last three years that were <laughs> all on like Netflix and Hulu. 
and if there was still such a thing, I guess, as a DVD rental store, uh, it would be straight to DVD. Right. But she watched like five of them, and she's like, "God damn, these suck! What happened to him?" And they're like, "Uh, well, he took Ghost Rider too seriously, and probably stopped doing coke." <laughs> Because that's, money. I mean, this Nick Cage, after after Next, I think, or Knowing, those two kind of went together for me. I just kind of stopped. I I had to. I'm like, this is not the guy with the changing accent from Con Air that I love and respect so much. <laughs> and so I I just had to stop. I think because, let's that. face it, the only thing worse than him trying to act like a sympathetic good guy in Face Off, was his stab at a southern accent in Con Air. Yeah. I think he, uh, in these these last few movies, he's embraced the crazy Nick Cage. I think, and I think that's what people are loving about them. Is oh, God, he's gone, so he's gone full Busey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the, you know, Nick Cage version. <laughs> okay. So, so the bees seen from the Wicker Man remake is how he's just spending his entire career now. I, I think so. Right. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, I I both love and hate that at the same time. So maybe I will give these other movies a chance. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I guess Mandy is. I mean, you just look it up and you'll see the cover, and it's him bearded with his face completely coated in blood. So, yeah, nice. Okay, I'll give it a shot. Right. There were a couple of them that I guess she thought were going to be action movies that were more dramatic and shit like that. Yeah. And kind of like when that, that uh, Schwarzenegger movie uh, about uh, his daughter being a zombie, where you're like, oh, shit, finally, Arnold fighting zombies. And it was like, no, it was like full-on heart-wrenching drama. Right. <laughs> what and movie? I can't, that one. I can't uh, remember I... the name. It was Maggie? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not gonna say. I, you know, honestly, I can't really say it was good or bad. It was, it, it pulled all the right strings at one point, but not being what I hoped it was gonna be when I started watching it, I was still I felt let down. Yeah, but well, kind of like the same the same feeling I've gotten out of the last two Escape Plan sequels, if that says anything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler. No, no Arnold. Uh, I haven't watched any of the sequels. I did. I did enjoy the first one. Good. Um, the the first, the second one was good too. And uh, Batista shows up in, in one of those. I'm like, God damn it! Now I'm gonna have to watch it. <laughs> I never. That's one. For all the wrestling things I geek out about, I never really liked his character. I didn't pay much attention to him. And then he started acting. And I kept watching, and he just kept getting better. He's one who took it seriously, I guess. And even in his comedies or whatever, he still kind of plays the straight guy, and that's what makes him even better. So maybe he took a lot of acting lessons, or maybe all that time on the road finally kicked in after I stopped watching WWF, E, whatever. But I started watching Batista's movies, and every one of them, you will see there's a progression. He keeps getting better. And... <laughs> I, I think Drax is the perfect role for him. I will never see him as anything else now. Yeah, but I, 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 I 
give him credit. Stuber was fucking funny. I haven't got to see all of that yet. <laughs> Every time I started watching it, something would come up. It's like, um, oh, God, what's the new one? Um, Coffee and Kareem on Netflix. Oh. With Ed Helms from The Office. Uh-huh. And supposedly some kind of buddy cop movie, kind of like Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know. I get five minutes into it, and the phone rings or something comes up, and then I'll forget about it for a week. I mean, it took me six weeks to watch the, that Spencer remake that Marky Mark did. That It was cool and all, but not as good as the show from the 80s, Spencer for Hire, or as good as the Robert B. Parker books, I don't think, but that's just me. I haven't had time to actually read a novel in probably 10 years, but I did read the Spencer books when I was younger. Yeah. And I I watched the show with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the dude from Vegas and uh, the captain from Deep Space Nine. I can't remember their names. Uh, uh, Robert Urich? Yes. And then... Yes. And Avery, uh, Avery Brooks. Avery yes, Brooks, yeah. yeah. One, one of the most badass black dudes ever in any role that he played, and his name was Avery. Yeah. Well, he, he had... He'd, the, the voice, man. Just, yeah, that's yeah. Like deep and deep. Commanding. Yeah. Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could never do it like that. But uh, the, the new Hawk, though, uh, is uh, the guy from Black Panther. Not Black Panther, but um, one of the main characters. Like the rival faction on the mountain that saves his life in the movie. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Hawk. And he's actually pretty good. So, I mean, it's a good movie. It's just not not our childhood quality, if yeah. that makes sense. Because yeah. I just, I'm just taking for granted. I, you guys are close to my age, I hope. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Okay. We're closer than he is, but yeah. <laughs> pretty close. Uh, good. Uh, good, yeah. 50's around the corner for me now. I got less than six months. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Maybe we need to have a party. Hopefully we Six can. Feet, yeah. yeah, I I hope we can. You know, I consider Trauma Fest an early birthday party if uh, if they still let it happen. Well, I tell you what, I, Wayne and I haven't really discussed it because we're still hoping that that's going to happen then. But yeah, uh, the whole thing's indoors anyway, so I don't see why we wouldn't push it back what? if we have to. So. Indoors, I, yeah. We uh, we were gonna do it outdoors last year, and, yeah. And uh, it was, you know, it rained every other day yeah. last year, so it got yeah. moved, got moved indoors, and uh, the bar had a had a great turnout, um, and so you know they were willing to host it again and throw in some money for it and so we're like yeah okay and it, it, it turned it, out really well last year too and it makes indoors. it way easier for us running sound and you know you don't have to worry about your shit getting wet the timeout is that where you had it mm-hmm. yep yep okay okay yeah i like the place i like that place. oh that's well sorry you guys were glitching there so i had i moved the phone to see if you guys would move I know it's stupid, but it didn't work anyway. Wait, try it again. Like if I if I do this, oh yeah, you guys moved. 
Oh, shit. All right. Oh, sorry about the Wow. And thank you for indulging me in the whole Star Trek bridges under attack scenario yeah. there. <laughs> I, I, no, I do appreciate that. Never got to do that in real life. God, now I love technology. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, the Star Trek Picard? You no, want yeah, Star Trek yeah, Picard? Yeah. Of yeah, I, I really uh, like I that. I followed that <laughs> from week to week, and god damn, you know, it, it was good. As someone who doesn't remember how Next Generation ended, it's been too long, and I, I haven't gone back. It's it was it was nice to see familiar faces, new faces. Uh, really good writing, I thought. Uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> and I. I enjoyed the shit out of it, and I, honestly, it's the first time in a while I've been like, "God damn it, give me season two right fucking now!" Right? <laughs> I guys, with you. I thought it was great. Have you guys seen the video floating around right now of uh, of uh, Jonathan Frakes when he was doing the what mystery world's mysteries or world's greatest mysteries TV show? He was the host of it, and so he's doing all these you know story introductions, like you know. Have you ever gotten your hat stuck on top of the refrigerator? You know, just stuff like that. But it's a montage, but they slowed it down 0.5%. So everything, he sound, it sounds like he's drunk and he's slurring. It's like, have you ever had your hat on top of the refrigerator? And like three minutes. It is incredible. That is awesome. No, I got to check that out. Yes. Yeah, uh, I do love him, and you know that was another thing. Have you guys watched Picard yet? Yeah, I, I've watched yeah, it. Uh, okay, yeah, just just to see him on the bridge of any ship and point that finger out, engage. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like nerdgasm right there for me. <laughs> Our little boys growing up. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm I'm one of those rare people, at least the ones that I know, who love Star Trek and Star Wars equally. Yeah, I think there's a place for both of them because I love both of them. From Shatner's that. own action down to the ones that I haven't seen yet, like Voyager and uh, Enterprise. Enterprise? No. Discovery. I haven't watched that one yet. I haven't. Yeah. I missed some of those. After like Picard. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch something about Picard. Yeah. Yeah. But, like you said. And I, it, was, it was that that kind of got me. I was looking for another sci-fi thing after I watched the last episode. I was looking for another sci-fi show to fill the void, and that's when I just kind of accidentally came on The Expanse. And that's why I was telling you, I, I binged that this last week. I finished up the last episode of the fourth season that just aired a couple of months ago, right before I joined this thing tonight. And that's when I was like slamming down the desk, like, motherfucker, I want more! <laughs> and, that doesn't happen with me often these days. So that's because I've never read the books that it's based on. But it was a sci-fi original series for like three years, and they canceled it. And I guess the guy who actually runs Amazon, uh, what do they call their channel? Amazon Prime or whatever. Or Amazon. Anyway, yeah, he was a big fan. So he was instrumental in rescuing it. And their fourth season came out, I think, in December or January. Uh, on Amazon. It was like a big fuck you sci-fi, which 
sci-fi deserves. Where was he when fucking Firefly was canceled? <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> probably still in junior high. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, or when, uh, what I want to know is where he was when, and I forget the series that took its place, but it came down to two pilots that had been made a couple of years ago. One, I think, was called Dark Matter or something like that. Some series that sci-fi picked up. And the other one was called Tremors, starring Kevin Bacon. Right. A continuation of the first movie, 30 years later, which the two-minute trailer is brilliant. If you haven't watched it, look up Tremors 2018. It's on YouTube. It's brilliant. The whole thing looks amazing. And they passed on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, sci-fi can go fuck itself. <laughs> I loved Winona Earp, and I haven't seen anything new of that in two years. They canceled The Expanse, and they didn't pick up Tremors. That's three strikes. Yeah. And you know, that does not make up for Aaron Schultz. Is Kevin Bacon going into that pretty much right after the following yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. To go from this yeah. really, really dark TV show to, to Trimmers. Back to Trimmers. Had to lighten the yeah. mood. Yes. And, and I love the following. Uh, I tried to get my wife to watch it because she watches all this true crime serial killer bullshit. And I always make fun of it because I'm like, there's no writing in these shows. She's like, what are you talking about? The guys are, I was like, there's not, it already happened. There's no creativity. All you're doing is retelling the story. Who gives a shit? I'm sorry. But they're not coming up with their own worlds. They're just telling stories about how someone got away with killing their family. Right. I don't want to end up on the ass end of that, you know. <laughs> She's seen enough of that shit in the last 10 years. I could be gone for a year. Nobody would notice. She'd be weakened in <laughs> Bernie's fucking, you know, something to me. But my body would long be gone, and nobody would be the wiser. So, yeah, true crime can suck it, as far as I'm concerned. But. The following, I think, it was just over the top enough, but still entertaining and dark, and I loved it. And I hated to see it get pulled, even though it kind of started tripping over its own mythology there at, towards yeah, the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, but, you know, uh, Japanese TV shows, I, and I, I don't know if they still do it, but they used to, um, you know, their season was a, a complete thing. I mean, uh-huh. if, if they even brought the show back, then it was, you know, further on in the future, and it was new characters, and so, and and I think that's that's how things should be, because a lot of times you'll get, especially on like long seasons like Walking Dead or something like that, you'll hit those dry parts, and and they're just filler episodes, you know. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather see ten hours of one complete story. Then to, then to try and milk it for three years, because by the time you get to the third year, unless you're amazing, you're gone. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think that was, I wish, I wish they would have held on to uh, Hannibal. That was a great show. Ah, that's another one I got to put on my list. And that yeah. and Bates Motel, I haven't seen either of those. Uh, you know, Hannibal, I, I went into it reluctantly. I, I like the, the actors, but, you know. We've got Silence of the Lambs. We got Red Dragon. You know, we've got all of those that are are brilliant. Yeah, Hawkins. But 
visually, this movie is incredible. It, it is the most beautiful, disturbing stuff you'll ever see. Oh, I, nice. The, the cinematography of it is just, yeah. and I mean, the storytelling too is great, but the cinematography that, blows me away. And wasn't that on kind of one of the, like, it's like NBC. kind of deep channels like A&E or something? No, it was like NBC. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it was one of the main networks. Okay, nice. Yeah, I I still keep I meaning to check that one out. With me, I the thing with Bates Motel that I is because it's the kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? <laughs> you know, as as Norman Bates, and of course now I watch him as an autistic doctor. Yeah, what's the name of the the good doctor? Good doctor. Yeah. yeah, I'm behind on that. But I liked the first season of it that I watched. I, I liked it for. I didn't watch but a few episodes of the second season. I'm behind on it too because one of the characters that I really liked, and I can't remember uh, the character's name, the actor's name was Eric Weiner. Uh, he left and went on to star in The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. And so I just kind of jumped shows. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. I, I don't know where I saw the dude before uh, The Good Doctor, but I think he's a great actor. I love him. And so. And of course, and finally another Nathan Fillion show. Of course, I'm gonna watch it. Just uh, <laughs> kind of happened to be, you know, same thing together. Well, sir, I think we're getting to a good spot. Oh yeah, you guys have beer. Of course, you're getting to a good spot. <laughs> um, uh, if, if someone wants to uh, find you online, it. Uh, how can they reach you or check you out? Uh, I wish I could say Pornhub. Um, <laughs> but the, the realism of that is just too sad to mention. Um, hey, there, there might be a niche audience. <laughs> uh, yes, everybody has a weird fetish, don't they? Uh, uh, um, uh, there's, oh God, I almost said MySpace. Um, it's probably still there it's probably still there I just haven't remembered how to log into the motherfucker for like 11 years Right. once once I found Facebook and changed email addresses I was completely locked out Yeah. but yeah you can find me on uh, Facebook I'm I'm one of many Craig McGee's out there uh, but the only one that apparently matters yep Uh, I go I as, as a few years ago, not to get off on another tangent, but uh, a few years ago when I actually had an agent, and I'll put that in quotes because she wasn't worth a shit, um, she didn't really do anything for me other than try to convince me to novelize the scripts that I'd already written. I'm not a novelist. I have never wanted to take 10 pages to describe a front porch. I have the utmost respect for those who can and still make it seem interesting. Right. I'm not one of those. I turned in about four chapters of novelization of my first script. And she's like, well, your prose needs work. I'm like, no fucking shit, lady. That's what I told you six months ago. <laughs> and all I did was waste half a year proving myself right. Yeah, but way back then, uh, when I was trying to get my own website going and stuff like that, I Googled myself. I don't do that very often, but 
Yeah, it's kind of fun to sometimes to see the old public records that come up and things like that that shouldn't be there. But CraigMcGee.com was taken, and here's why. Apparently, someone with my name down in Tennessee has a very huge and lucrative uh, televangelist uh, outfit going on with my name. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere, I think, outside of Memphis, if I remember right. So that was taken, and that was kind of as far as it went, because I'm like, hey, there's .NET. She's like, oh, nobody ever goes to look at those. I'm like, they do if you fucking tell them what the website address is. (laughs) (laughs) But she discouraged against that, and so eventually that was taken, too, and that was some... I don't even remember. It was some shipping company out of Bump and Grind or Rope and Ride, Texas. Some town I'd never heard of down there. And um, you know what? All that's left is like EDU. I am far from educational. I am far from being a role model. So I should not take that one in case there's a teacher out there named Craig McGee who needs a website. I felt it was my personal responsibility to leave that open for someone far more responsible than myself. But so long story longer, uh, there's Facebook. Um, there is uh, Mason Felt Comedy on YouTube, uh, which will have footage, uh, new stand up footage soon. I promise, Matthew, I, I will get with you on that so we can edit it uh, and put little clips up, just like the like the clip you did uh, tonight uh, for Zach and everybody. Um, things like Yeah. Because we want to put up little blurbs, right? Give them a tease, not the whole thing. In case I ever want to sell it for like a buck a DVD or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure to uh, to get that link and put put it up with the YouTube and um, and the audio podcast out there uh, on all the platforms where you can reach. Um, I think on that YouTube page you will also find a sketch uh, from three years ago maybe uh that uh kind of all four of us in, in the group mason felt comedy group came up with it was a boy band reunion type thing it's called the boys <laughs> and we lip sync our way we take turns with different songs from new kids all the way up through one direction <laughs> and we take turns you know lip syncing lead parts on that i think it's on that youtube page it is well worth checking out uh it's because you will never see an old fat man dance as well as you do in that video unless it's something Chris Farley did back in the day. <laughs> we we uh, split up the songs, we choreographed our own parts, and I think we really came together well as a band, you know, as far as uh, doing that reunion tour and pulling off some in sync and Backstreet Boys and shit while we're at. <laughs> That's awesome. And as far as I know, that's like the only thing on the page uh, right now. But um, as soon as I can, I'll get you a link. I appreciate you putting that up. But other than that, uh, yeah, just find me. I think my Facebook is public. Um, yeah, I, I, I always enjoy making new friends. Sometimes they don't always enjoy me, but I enjoy the new friend concept. <laughs> Right I, I like yeah, like with you. I looked at that tonight. I said, Zach, why the fuck is why do I know that name? And I clicked on it. <laughs> drummer, yeah. So of course, yeah. And I, I 
I'll pick your face out of a thousand people six months from now and remember who you are, but I'll call you Bob for a year until I can actually remember. <laughs> I, I just like that. I, it drives my wife crazy. I can remember a quote from a movie I saw once 40 years ago, but I will walk out the opposite door in Walmart from her thinking that's where the car is parked and I'll be hitting the button and there's nothing. Somebody stole my fucking car and I pick up the phone. She's calling like right here, jackass. <laughs> All the fucking way across the parking lot, and I, I guess that's just how it goes. But I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll definitely do it in person. Yes, I yeah. think so. Uh, once all this shit's uh, lifted, and we can, uh, I know this. Uh, is that the beauty of uh, modern technology and camera work? Are you guys not six feet apart? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the I, I'm kind of sitting behind him. Uh, we, got a, uh, we got four, four and a half feet. Yeah, we, we uh, planned on yeah. all three of us doing this remotely. Had some, uh, for those watching at home, we had some technical difficulties and we said, fuck it, <laughs> got <laughs> together. And, but, uh, yeah, me being the technical difficulty, I like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I would have gone if I had gone to the park to do this, I probably would have got arrested. This isn't essential. <laughs> but see, this and is essential. Media is essential. We're technically media, so yeah. this, this works. And, and I do want to say, I don't know why I do a disclaimer now after everything else, but I do appreciate all the hard work that all the nurses and the doctors and everybody who still has to go out and do this are doing. I make fun of it because I'm not quite sure I believe in the severity yet. Plus, I have to laugh at things because if I don't, I'll be in a happy white hugging jacket. That's just how I process. <laughs> well, humor is a good way to deal with anxiety. Um, True. You know, my wife, Brooke, she, she's a nurse. She works on the actual COVID floor. Um, and on it, the front it, it's real. I mean, uh, I can confirm it. This shit's real. Um, yeah. But, you know, I use humor. You know, I, I help her find some humor when she needs it you know good because i'm on the front lines like that she's gonna need it that, that, that's how we get through things mm -hmm. yeah it's this is not just because we don't act like we're serious doesn't mean we're not taking it seriously we just have to process it right 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 and but i definitely second know. second your emotion you know uh, just much appreciation to everyone out there actually trying to make a difference, making the difference. Um, and I, I will say, not to cut you off, like that, but I got to say this before I forget. I make a lot of jokes about it, but I am actually following the rules of being quarantined. I haven't left my property in like four or five days, even to go the essential. I stocked up on Dr. Pepper and Marlboro's, so, you know, I'm probably <laughs> until Thursday. <laughs> and they've got the plexiglass in the convenience store, so I'm not worried. There you go. But, you know, so I, I am doing my part as well. I am following the rules, not spreading it. So all even you know, all joking aside, I'm stuck in my house like a twelve year old nerd with no friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna give one extra shout out to the postal workers. Uh, oh, yeah. Out delivering our packages, you know, when we need essential shit and we don't want to yeah. go get it. 
we make him get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Zach. I didn't realize that. And it's because of guys like you that my Punisher 3D desk lamp came on time. <laughs> we do what we can do, man. Because <laughs> that was fucking essential to me being able to see on my desk properly to create shit. Absolutely. So thank you. Oh, very welcome. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. And, and my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you. And this has been a blast. Awesome. Yeah, totally. But um, and it, I tell you what, it's a lot more fun when it's around the table. There's beer and scotch. And yeah. You. So we'll uh, definitely, definitely do part two. We'll do part two. And I want to uh, just encourage everyone out there listening um, to go find Craig McGee. When the, once this all blows over, go find Craig out there doing his stand-up live. You're going to have a great time. Also, Thank please you, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the little bell so you get notifications. And, uh, Craig, thank you again, and we'll definitely have you back. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time, and I can't wait for part two and uh, the round table and the scotch. Because, hey, the president comes through. It'll be next Sunday. <laughs> Easter, Easter America is going to open up again. Uh, so, hey, you never stranger things have happened. I mean, <laughs> look at how quick SARS vanished. So, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah. But thank you guys. I, I've had a great time. I love this. And I need to subscribe myself now that you mention it. There you go. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's great talking with you, man. Have Be you safe too. out there. Have a great evening. Thank you. And you too. And keep bringing me my Amazon shit. I love you, man. All right. <laughs> will do. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, guys. <laughs>